What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight. We're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. <laughs> and what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me, Mark Francis. Who is giddy. You are giddy today. <laughs> and <tight>. Alicia Vitalia. <laughs> Alicia. What is up? Let's just call it for what it is. Yep. We, we started to do this podcast, and this podcast <laughs> is amazing every single time we do it. Right. However... We, we, we were our, about 20 minutes in, vibing. And then the audio equipment died, completely died on us. Our good buddy Simeon back there is on on it. So we're yeah. back. We're back in action. We took a brief vote, and we decided to start over from scratch and go over it again. So thank you so much for uh, our audio listeners and viewers on YouTube. As a reminder, you can find us each and every week. Guys, let's do it without further ado. Jump into a Sunday in review. Well, no. We got to introduce who, who's here talking. <laughs> no, I, well, I did, right? Didn't I? No. no. Was that no. the first time? Are you serious? That was the yeah. first time. Yeah, you're going to do a lot of this. So, right. so I'm Alicia Battaglia. <laughs> Did I seriously not, not And say I'm it? Mark Francis. Mark Francis. <laughs> hey, uh, and the I, three hosts. Yeah, we're the three hosts, and I have some really good news. Oh, that's right. My gosh. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, my son Isaiah got engaged. That's yes. incredible. Yes. He that's proposed incredible. to his, his lovely girlfriend, and she said yes. That's so awesome. Timely Isaiah, too, for sure. Uh, yes, yes. Um, and that's number two for you. Yes, that's yes. So we will marriage. have two married children. Wow. Such a weird deja vu, because I know we just no. did it. Your guys' memory is way better than mine. Uh, you've noticed by now, Pastor Mark Carey, not in the building. Um, so we'll just talk about him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go yes. from there, and he'll he'll listen, and he'll email me whatever he wants to email me. So uh, <laughs> Nothing new. Mark, before we jump into Luke 4, let's talk a little bit about where the church is headed this Christmas season. Yeah, you know, so the, it's we are taking a break in the in the study of Romans, right? Um, which for the Christmas season is going to be helpful. And the the theme of the Christmas season is the humble king. Mm-hmm. And, and so Mark is unpacking um, words from Christ, you know, so it's the humble king in his own words. Um, so he's going to really reveal kind of the different things that Jesus said about himself of why he came to the world. But beyond that, the, it's like a paradox, right? Humble and right. king. And the, the, the concept behind this really stemmed from just looking at our society of where we are today, looking back in the year 2020, looking about how you know, we had a crazy political season still going on where there's mm-hmm. people going back and forth who think that they know what's right. There's COVID and all the things that happen with mask wearing or no mask wearing. And, and just our culture and society has a continually growing propensity to think about themselves first, be self-focused, to be proudful. To, to puff themselves up and look to judge other people. And in light of that, I mean, we, we really need to recognize who Jesus is, why he came, and, and how he came in humility. So during, so during the course of each um, weekend service here in the month of December, kind of treated as an Advent season, we're going to unpack Philippians 2, which during the singing time will really highlight and focus some of these characteristics of, of Jesus and how he came, emptied himself, and was humble. And then it'll really tie hand in hand with where Mark and this coming week Dennis McNutt will be preaching of in his own words of where, um, you know, where Jesus said, here's why I came. And it's going to be just, I think, a refreshing break where we get a chance to really unpack some of these scripture verses of Mm. where Jesus said why he came. Awesome. So Dennis is preaching next week. I think he's just doing one. Just doing one. And then Mark, yeah. and then the tw- December 27th, that last Sunday of the year, we'll kind of wrap, mm-hmm. wrap, wrap up. Wrap up this kind of series. And then even in the first weekend of January, we're just going to ch- get a chance to celebrate and just have a good time of singing and worship to reflect on 
celebrating 2020. You don't think about celebrating it, but let's celebrate. <laughs> how dare we? You know, and, yeah. and how has God been working throughout this season of mm. turmoil and fear and worries mm. and sickness and pandemics? So it's great. Look forward to that. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Sunday in review, guys. Let's do it. Luke chapter 4, uh, 14 through 21, though Pastor Mark was kind of flipping all over a little bit, using a bunch of different uh, passages. So Alicia, I'll come your way. What are some thoughts? Uh, where should we head this afternoon? So we're talking about the hum- humble king, mm-hmm. and Jesus comes to Nazareth, his hometown, and he, I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read the text. Four, Luke 4, starting in 17, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And so this message is a message of hope that is for us. Hmm. Our world needs to hear this good news, this good news of the Savior. And just like you were talking about earlier, Mark, and just with the state of where our nation has been in 2020, but also our world, our world, our, hmm. our nation, our community, our homes need this message of who Jesus is. Yeah. Totally. And when I was listening to the sermon and thinking on this passage, I mean, this is one of my more favorite kind of Bible stories of the Gospels. It's this narrative of Jesus coming back to his hometown and and just kind of laying down the gauntlet. And, and Caleb, you and I were in Israel yeah, buddy. about a year ago. And it's funny because I always heard people give stories of, oh, when you go to Israel, the scriptures come to life. And and, you, and it isn't until and you go to Israel not, that the scriptures come right. to life. But you know what? And, and for this case, it, it really is yeah. true for me yeah. because we got a chance to go to Nazareth. And yeah, it's it's 2,000 years later from where Jesus was there. Hmm. But um, just for what it's worth, my hometown is Williamsburg, Virginia. And Williamsburg is famous for colonial Williamsburg, where people are dressed up in tri-cornered hats and things like that. And Nazareth, there's a a little uh, organization owned by Christians who do that. They they put on kind of what was Nazareth like 2,000 years ago. So cool. People get dressed up, and we got a chance to walk through kind of hillsides of Nazareth to see... Sheets, sheeps and goats and and barns and vineyards and wine it's actually presses. Actually, sheep. Oh, there's no sheep. <laughs> Thank sheeps you. Sheeps is not a word uh, in Israel. It's just not <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but so oh, it was so really cool. cool. And and so for me, thinking of this story, here's Jesus coming back to his hometown of probably four or five hundred people, right? Yeah. And they all know him, and he sits there, and he's been going around from synagogue to synagogue in the regions, what the passage that you just read, Elisha, says, and he comes to his hometown where everybody knows Jesus, and I'm imagining myself being in the synagogue, and hey, that's my buddy Jesus growing up, I know him, and you know, here he comes and sits down and just reads just a verse and a half of Isaiah. Hmm. And to me, this is like, if I was going to preach a sermon on this, it's like the original mic drop. This yep. is like Jesus coming in here, reading something, and then boom, dropping, I'm sitting down, Here's the authority and I we're have. done, yep. and People are just staring at him. <laughs> and we're done. You know? Yeah. And I just, that historical perspective of where Nazareth was, and, you know, people, all, the scriptures say nothing good comes from Nazareth. Mm-hmm. And, and here it is. Jesus is really launching his ministry here mm-hmm. and declaring these words that in your 
hearing of this scripture is yeah. fulfilled. Verse twenty, yeah, verse twenty-one says, "Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing," and so I imagine that the people are probably number one shocked. And the verse um, twenty-two says, "And all spoke spoke well of him and marvelled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth," and they said, "Is this not Joseph's son?" And so then Jesus goes on and he knows that they're going to reject him. And uh, he, but he has, he has a, a different message than what they're wanting to hear. He starts talking about um, his, God's care for outsiders, people who are non-Jews, people who are you know, the Gentiles. Um, he talks about how Elijah was sent by God to feed a foreign widow while Israel was in a famine. And he talks about from Second Kings 5, how Naaman, who was a Syrian man who had leprosy, he was the only one that was cleansed. And so mm. Jesus is trying to get across that God has a heart for widows, lepers, Gentiles, people who are uh, not you know that, that that are outside of of the nation he's concerned for all of the nations um and in saying that he's like i'm recognizing that these are all people not within my hometown so yeah i'm expecting you people not to yeah they're rejecting yeah. him they're they're me. rejecting yeah. him yeah. yeah they're wanting this this messian this messianic message of we want we want a re a savior who's going to deliver us from the oppression of rome and god's saying, no, I, I have a much more expansive plan. <laughs> yeah. I have... You think your problems are unique to Rome. Yeah, he breaks down cultural mm. you know, divisions and, and ethnic barriers, and um, he's seeking out those people who are rejected, the poor, the people who are hated. Um, you know, we, it kind of corresponds with what you were saying earlier about our, you know, our American nationalism and they had their own sort of nationalism mm -hmm. and entitlement um and they weren't happy that god was showing his favor to other people yeah and to take it even a step further they didn't just not accept him i mean the passage continues there and it says that they they got up and drove him out of the city and brought him to the crest of the hill on the city where it has been built so they could throw him down from the cliff. They wanted to <laughs> literally throw him off a cliff. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. welcome yeah. home, Jesus. Yeah, right. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I just love this kind of full story that Mark wasn't really able to unpack because it just paints a picture of where, first of all, where the Jews were and kind of mm. what their expectation of a Messiah looked like. You know, again, back to this contrast of a humble king and what their expectation was to overtake and overthrow, you know, Rome. And and here he is saying, no, I'm here to, to help the blind, to help the poor, to help the oppressed. I'm here to, to, to bring salvation to that and to your bigger need, really. And, and their need was instant gratification of let's get rid of Rome and let's, you know, mm. not be oppressed by them anymore. But he's like, your bigger need is, yeah, you need a savior. You need mm. spiritual 
needs mm-hmm. more than just the here and now. That's good. Well, even that idea, right, the humble king in his own words. Okay, well, what did he do with his words? Even this passage, and, and Mark kind of backs it up with the beginning of Luke 4 this past Sunday uh, in the service, is, okay, well, Jesus used, used Scripture to combat the devil. Right. And then also fit his narrative into the, I mean, what did Jesus do when he used his own words? Well, the first thing he does is quote <laughs> the Old Testament, quote the, this, this scroll, this prophet Isaiah. And so it's so cool to see him you know, not only fit into that narrative, but become that narrative and fulfill all those prophecies and fulfill the law. And it, it even reminds me of a passage out of Hebrews 2, verse 18, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. We have mm. a very personal, mm. very specific, very non-spiritualized example of what to do when trials come our way Yeah, compared to the first Adam, right? We right. talked about how Mark brought up the, the comparison between those two. In, right. in Romans, we, we studied that first Adam and second Adam process. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that temptation, the the first part of chapter 4, um, the temptation of Jesus by Satan, is it's a human experience. It's something we, we experience, temptation, and therefore Jesus, he, in his humility, experienced temptation. And um, the verse 4 verse 1 says and jesus full of the holy spirit returned from jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by the devil so the spirit is not the one doing the tempting but the spirit is leading him allowing it to take place yeah and um sometimes we enter into temptation because of bad choices that we make or uh, because of our sin um but clearly Jesus had no sin, and um, he was put in this position of temptation. And um, we can find ourselves there too, maybe if we haven't contributed to um, a situation with our sin, but we find ourselves in temptation. Um, but the Spirit is with us in that time, and God uses those circumstances, just like what we've learned from Romans 8, to draw us to Himself so that we can experience life in the Spirit and long for that future glory that's to be revealed. Yeah, and so, it's, it's, it's such a contrast to Adam also. And Mark kind of was painting that picture also of the, the difference of the first Adam and the second Adam and how Adam was tempted, also the same way that Jesus was tempted. Jesus overcame the temptation with God's word. Adam, okay, he didn't have scripture, he didn't have scrolls, but he had the promise of God of, of what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. And what was Adam's decision in that moment? Did he go back to God's promises and go back to God's word? No. He goes against God's word and he does his own thing and there's the fall. And so what Jesus does, he takes God's word and uses it as, as food, uses it as sustenance to, to overcome that temptation. And it's also, I'm reminded of, if you remember a year and a half ago, our fall focus of Thrive. Do you remember that? Yeah. We're, we're, oh, yeah. we're looking to, to have God's word for life. Mm-hmm. And the scripture memory passage that we looked at was Psalm 119, and a portion of it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart, I have sought you. Don't let me wander from your commandments. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against mm-hmm. you. And there's that, that draw back to the word of God, which is what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then even when he stood up in, in uh, that synagogue in Nazareth, he goes to God's word and uses it to explain and unpack kind of how he's fulfilling that prophecy. So that there's yeah. that overcoming temptation 
that we now have that source with the Spirit, like you said. The, that makes me think of uh, 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is common that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Hmm. So that doesn't give us an excuse for sinning. Uh, we don't have to sin because sin is not our master, but we do have the Holy Spirit, and we have God's Word, and Satan is this ultimate deceiver. He he wants to uh, derail the whole plan of redemption, and he takes Jesus's words um, and uses, he, he twists them, he, he, he perverts them, he uses them to deceive. But Jesus is the Word, and the Word who became flesh, and um, he was com- perfectly obedient. Um, and Hebrews uh, 4, verse 15 says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help and help in our time of need. So there's there's those times when we are weak and we are questioning, we have doubt, we're feeling vulnerable, we're confused. And then sometimes we're tempted in our strengths. Um, and mm. that can fuel pride in yeah. our... Um, it's so easy to live as if we do have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with with whatever we're going through. Mm. I mean, it's, oh, there's no way. You know, this is too personal. This is too unique to right. me. He doesn't know. God is still this spiritual, ethereal yeah. thing. And, and a lot of times it's mentality of, I still need to attain it, right? I still need to figure out how to do life right so I can, you know, reap the blessings of God. Do it myself. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And, and just coming back full circle. So, again, we're unpacking things that maybe Mark might have left on the sermon cutting room floor because he, he referenced and pointed us to the fact that the temptation happened before this scene in Nazareth mm-hmm. and how Christ was fueled by that word of God to overcome Satan and to to then launch him into ministry and and that that really then sets the tone for what Jesus was about to do to say that yes I I do have God's word. I mean, he's a son of God, but he's relying on the word of God in his human form here, where Philippians said he emptied himself. So there's that contrast as well. But to then go to God's word in Isaiah and then declare, here's why I'm here. In his own words, you know, Jesus is saying these things, and Alicia already read, but I'll just highlight them again, you know, to to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to pro, to proclaim release to the captives. Third, recovery of sight to the blind. Fourth, to see, to free those who are oppressed. And fifth, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And in those five things, there's this physical component that, yes, he, he gave sight to the blind. And yes, he brought good news to the poor and proclaiming the favorable year of the Lord. But Mark made mention in his sermon that there's this spiritual component of this passage that I thought was fascinating, um, that i never seen before, where, you know, yes, he's bringing good news to the spiritually poor. Mm. He's bringing um, sight to the spiritually blind. Mm-hmm. You know, he's bringing, he's setting free to those who are spiritually oppressed. And there's this extra layer of added depth that this passage brings that, yes, Jesus came for those physical things, but he came for those spiritual things. And, and Mark kind of alluded to that three or four times in his sermon that I, I found to be 
extra revealing of yeah. what Jesus was saying of why he came. Yeah, yeah. And that's I mean, that's such good news um, for us because we've been united with Christ and we've been given this call to go and to proclaim what Jesus has proclaimed about himself and to share that. Um, and so there's, um, you know, going back to what we've learned in Romans 8, um, well, and actually beyond that, but we, we are in union with Jesus. We have, um, we have a, 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 a relationship, we're in communion with him. And um, by setting our minds on things of the spirit and walking in the spirit and actually knowing who the word who became flesh is, that is, um, it is this wonderful treasure that we've been given um, to share. And I love, Mark said um, in a sermon, the only thing we're going to take to heaven with us is a friend. (laughs) And what, I mean, there's no better gift to give to a friend and an enemy uh, than right. than this good news. Good news. Yeah. And, and that's that's the application. I mean, everyone right. is spiritually poor. You know, mm-hmm. there people are spiritually blind that we know that we walk in the grocery store next to every day. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are spiritually oppressed. They they're not seeing the light. And and how what hope we have that we can give to the world around us to say here is. The Messiah. Here is the Savior. Here is the person who has released the captives, if you will. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean much to me when I hear that phrase, but you know, just that visual imagery to say, yeah, we have this hope to give to the world. And, and for this week, you know, we know Follow Star was uh, postponed, and it's going to happen this weekend, Lord willing. And you know, there is the community that we're going to hopefully proclaim the gospel mm-hmm. to that can drive by and hear what Jesus, who Jesus was. What he's done for them, and uh, and call them to receive him, and and just believe, and that's that to me is the application. That's oh yeah, yeah. every day, every day we. And I don't know the cadence of of what where Dennis is going to go with this theme, and then where Mark's going to end up by Christmas. But you got to imagine that's where the application is going to end. You know that yeah. true reason for the season. I, for whatever reason, we tend to embrace life and evaluate God. And it, it's got to be the opposite of that. Mm. We have got to be embracing God and evaluating life to the point where when something like this past year, the past nine months of <laughs> this whole thing, that's what we're evaluating as we are embracing God, right. not the other way around. I mean, right. I'll be talking to our youth group um, tomorrow night about the, the cost of Christmas and just the the natural bent we have to forget the reason for the season and what we're more inclined to focus on. Um, and to really just come back to this, I mean, the humble king is something we can study, but we can also walk in humility and put all of this in perspective. Mm-hmm. And we can do so. How? How can we do that? Well, it's not going to come through sitting in a pew on a Sunday morning. It's going to come through knowing the Scripture like Jesus did with the devil tempting him, and then being willing to use it as a defense. Right. Because the Scripture can defend itself. It can that's defend what, you. That's what makes me go to Philippians, yep. which we're going to read every week, but verse 5, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. There you go. And that is, that's what we do, emptying himself and, mm. you know, taking the form of a bondservant and and being obedient to the point of death. I mean, it, it just goes down a list of how Christ humbled himself and took on that form of a servant for us and 
and yes, he still is king. And so there's, yeah. that, again, that contrast as well, because then the Philippians passage says, yeah, but he's highly exalted that the every name of Jesus, every knee will bow. You the know, and the boys and I were talking yesterday about uh, Jesus being born as king. And when you think about a king being born, you're not normally born a king. I don't even know of a king who's been born a king because you're- you make crowns that small. Yeah, you're <laughs> born like a prince and you'll eventually become yeah. the king. But Jesus uh, yeah. was born king and he is forever king. And, um, and overnight, he got the attention and acclaim that kings were seeking after yeah. their mm-hmm. whole entire lives. And that birth and, and how it got yeah. the jealousy of the current king of the day and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, I, I got to admit, I mean, I, I don't watch tons of TV, but my wife, Erica, wanted to kind of start binging The Crown. And, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm yeah, not yeah, promoting I, it or yeah, in yeah, any yeah, way. Yeah. I mean, there's different kind of thematic materials, but it makes yeah. me think of being born into that, being a prince and yeah. a king. And, it's a, the story is so dope. And, the, the, well, the, God coming the way that he did and exactly. fitting in. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. And, it's and, not boring. And a typical king is, is born into this royal, like, everything revolves around me and everything right. revolves, right. you know. And his, his is an upside down kingdom. Complete opposite. Com- yep. I'm cool. here to serve. I'm here yep. to give. I'm here to, you know, give sight to the blind and release the captives. And all the things that he's saying he's doing is total opposite of somebody who was born into royalty. And the cause for joy and celebration of Jesus' birth was not the deliverance from sin yet. It was just the presence of God. Hmm. It was just the God promise of the baby. Do you think the shepherds were there because that baby in that manger saved them from their sins? Not yet. Mm. They were celebrating the presence of God yeah. and the fact that he does answer his promises. So that puts that in perspective too. Yeah. Mark, let's wrap Very this good. thing up. What Love do we it. need to do? What do we need to say? The whole key is we are celebrating Christmas and it all culminates with Christmas Eve. Hmm. And uh, you know, it happens to be the same same day this year as it was last year, December 24th, Christmas Eve. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God! Wow. I didn't Did know what to catch that at first. Yeah. yeah. But so, on Christmas Eve, we are having worship services, and we have been asking people to, because of COVID and because of the number of people that we can really have with capacity and social distancing, we need to kind of reserve. And it's not reserving a specific seat, but just kind of saving a seat and letting us know that you're coming. Well, it's for the time. Do we add a time? We, haha, yeah. You I'm are getting very smart. You're looking online, and we are jumping on that because we realize that. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us know that you're coming, and the 5 o'clock and 7 o'clock services are taken. So, Ha-ha! What's the new time? We're nine. adding 9 p.m. Oh, 9. So oh, you're going to have midnight 11, away. 1, and then if you've already signed up to come, 5 and 7, and then 9 o'clock. And Children's Ministry is still available for the 11 o'clock service in the morning. Okay. So for all you people who have kids and they like to have nap time and things like that, that's the perfect time so to So what up. happens if you have to switch times like... Call Last the church minute. office. Okay. And that we'll deal with you privately. Things yes. come up sometimes. Things do come like... up. And we would appreciate kind of the heads up. And if you know, if something happens and you need to make a change, then just I would say call and and let them know. Because you know, we we're just trying to be, you know, cautious and sensitive Make people's time. Sure there's room and for guests. The last thing we want is to have guests show up and not have a seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so on top of that, we do have needs for volunteers. So you can go to the website also. It's right there. It light. pops up right in your face. Good. On homepage. That's what we need. Because, you know, just to pull off worship services, we want to be welcoming. We want to have the attitude of Christ, being humble and hospitable and servants. And so as we're doing that, we want to welcome people when they walk in the building and hold doors for them and usher them to their seats and thank them for coming. And we want to have that hospitality. 
And it, it takes an army and a village to do that. And so we need your help. And uh, so sign up for that. We still need some children's ministry workers as well. But so many things are happening, but just lead up to that. Um, go to the website, like you said, Caleb, because it's all right there for you, black yep. and white. Even before that, uh, follow the star. Do we talk about follow the star? We haven't yet, but that, okay. that's happening this, this weekend. Yeah. 5 to 9 p.m. On, Saturday and on Sunday. On campus. Lord willing. I mean, um, we're... There's a, the there's a get involved tab here. So are there still opportunities for people to serve? Or because we... of the time change, because of the date change, um, that throws off some of our volunteers' schedules. Uh, we yes, couldn't serve right. this coming weekend. So <clears throat> please go to the website and check out where are the new needs because there are some. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you to our listeners and everybody part of the body here at Fellowship Bible Church in Winchester uh, and beyond. Thank you so much for listening each and every week. As a reminder, you can uh, find us on podcast services all over the place, including the video version up on YouTube. Uh, we love and appreciate your comments and feedback. The fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.